And because that validated what I had already wondered, then going in and growing up from seven, all of the negative comments that I ever got about my body continued to validate that belief, continued to build up on that belief. And now I'm here, 27 years old, still battling that and still trying to change that self-belief system and really try to change that self-belief system. And it's a lot of work. It's really hard because that's 20 years I'm trying to, I'm trying to undo. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Camry dyed her hair brown, guys. (laughs) (laughs) She used to be beach blonde and now she's brown. (laughs) Yep. I've never, never been this dark before, ever. Once I tried to go back to my natural, like, sandy blonde color and the hairdresser screwed it up and made me like a strawberry blonde almost brown oh yeah it was really weird they did not get the color right at all um and that's the the darkest I've been and then the one other time I went sort of dark was when I was a senior in high school and I had about this color you know like a dark brown underneath and then bleach and the dark brown on top it was back in those days when like bleach and skunk and brown it was yeah (laughs) I was like yeah um but yeah so that was the last time that I was somewhat dark but like I said I still had that bleach on top so I was still looked fairly blonde and now I'm like oh I look in the mirror I'm like wow I'm a brunette (laughs) (laughs) who's this human and then I'll even like catch in my peripheral vision I'll catch my hair out of the corner of my eye and I'm like what like I keep thinking I see shadows or like (laughs) like I am not used to seeing dark colors in my peripheral vision (laughs) yeah no last time I went brown I've been brown but I've been like so brown it was black a couple of times Mm -hmm. um and it was the same thing like if it was on my shoulder I'd be like there's a mouse on my shoulder and I'm like okay it's just my hair all right. <laughs> it's not a mouse. It's not a mouse. It's my hair. <laughs> Guys, I'm terrified of mice. Mice are one of my phobias. <laughs> I don't do mice. <laughs> okay, if it's if I get surprised by a mouse, I will do the same thing. Like I'll scream. But then I'm fine. But yeah, it's definitely they're so quick and and so sudden that it's like ah! <laughs> ah, mouse. <Yeah. laughs> Well, and it's like, they're disgusting, and I just, I don't do mice. Eric always makes fun of me. He's like, I don't understand you and mice. He's like, you can go out and do all this other stuff, but a mouse is going to make you, like, creep out. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, you just don't understand. So there was a couple of rentals we had growing up that we'd just be sitting on the ground, and then all of a sudden, a, mi- a mouse would, like, run across your legs. I just am like, I can't do it. I cannot do mice. They yeah. get in everything and carry yeah. diseases. <laughs> <laughs> How are you with snakes? I'm okay with snakes. Like if they don't bug me, I won't bug them. Gotcha. But I don't like them. I don't want them near me. I'm not going to carry them. We in high school, uh, our science teacher had two big snakes. I don't know. Like, is it a boa constrictor? I, I yeah, don't... usually like boas or pythons are your bigger ones. Okay, anyways, two big snakes. <laughs> um, and he would let some of the boys get him out during class. Oh, I hated that because I'm just sitting there and then all of a sudden this snake 
is coming up over my shoulder because the boy got it out and is holding it like <laughs> behind me and I'm just like oh my gosh yeah so that kind of stuff not so much but pretty There's much a... like yeah they don't bug me I'm not gonna bug them yeah that's funny we have a, a local guy here that has a huge snake um it's a big like yellow and white one it's really pretty and he brings it to the park the city park and just really? lets it go through the grass like it is the most gentle snake and this snake will have like 10 kids come over and be like can we touch it and he's like yeah and they'll like pick up the snake and hold it and like <laughs> trip and thea we're picking it up and oh it's the coolest thing but you just don't see that a lot like people usually bring their dog to the park right and then there's this big yellow snake <laughs> that's hilarious and then, but no yeah. snakes are snakes are cool i my brother always grew up having snakes and we would go and catch the garter snakes and keep them in aquariums. And <laughs> one time when I was little, like God, probably five. Uh, but I still remember it's probably one of my earliest memories. My brother brought his garter snake in while I was taking a bath and dropped it in the bath with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> okay. Like the, those snakes are, fast in the water like shoo, and I lost it like I'm not scared of snakes but that was freaky <laughs> so and then my one other time of being scared by snakes was I was going to grab a pile of hay to feed a horse underneath that those like two to three flakes of hay I went to scoop them up and a snake was across my hand and I was like because I I freaked out because I didn't know if it was a, a rattler because we have rattlers around here and so I'm like oh my goodness and ended up just being a, a garter snake but yeah it was ugh. if I don't know what kind of snake it is it freaks me out or if it's in the water with me ugh. but yeah my, yeah my sister and her ex-husband ran a reptile rescue so I would go to her place and they have like iguanas and chameleons and monitors and all of the reptiles. And so she'd let me hold some of the pythons and things and snakes are fun <laughs> when they're nice. When they don't surprise you. <laughs> when, when they don't come out of nowhere and freak me out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I'm not a snake person. If, if you brought me over, like a snake over, I would not touch it. <laughs> I mean, you could have it, but I don't want it near me and I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> but I used to be like you little, like we used to go out and, and catch all the snakes and stuff and they didn't used to bug me, but they bug me now. I know. <laughs> well, and I don't like birds either, like little birds. I don't do mm -hmm. little birds, mainly because they always fly out at me. If they would just stay put, it would be fine. <laughs> But, like, we get so many, like, little, um, like, sparrows and something that's just a bit bigger than a sparrow. I can't remember the name of it. But we always get a bunch of those. Like, I'm not getting, like, 20 or 30 of them in our chicken coop right now because they have found out that that's where all the food is. So every time I open the chicken coop door, it's just whoosh, like, 30 birds fly out. So I'm, like, standing behind the door, you know, trying not to get hit by a bird. And my husband makes so much fun of me. It's like, they're just birds. Like, what are they going to do? So he one day opens the door, and he's standing in front to show me, like, oh, it's not so scary. And a freaking bird flew in his mouth. Like, see? It does matter. <laughs> in his mouth? Yes, oh. right? <laughs> 
like, I don't do that. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of birds, I saw this thing on Facebook the other day that I'm like, I need one. So it's this thing that you can put in a window. So like the windows that open up and down. So you're going to open up the window and then you stick it inside the window. And it's this little half circle um, area that you can put bird seed in. And so it comes like into your home, like a little aquarium, essentially. So you stick that in your window and then you put bird seed in it. And then the birds can come into this little like half circle aquarium space and come and eat bird seed. Like it's like having a pet bird, but it's not a pet bird. It's just a wild bird, but it's not in your house, but it's kind of in your house. But like, that's cool. (laughs) My kids would love it. Like I'm seriously, I want to just go buy one right now. (laughs) That's funny. I'm listening to you going, "Uh uh-huh. Yes. Sounds great. Camry. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, absolutely not. No. My kids would seriously like watch that thing like TV for hours. Like, they would. They though. would love it. So I might just have to go see Put if it it's in my list. <laughs> yeah, see if it's uh, in my budget. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it, they can't like get in your house though, right? Like it's it's closed. Yeah, it's closed. It has like a lid on top of it, so you can open up the lid and put more bird seed in there, and then you just close that, and then it's just this clear aquarium looking. Thing. I don't know what I I don't know what else you would call it other than an aquarium. I don't know. I have no idea either. <laughs> That's cool. As long as oh I my... can't actually like get into your house, because I'm having like visions of like a porch like <laughs> thing where if they just <laughs> jumped up, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> nope, all enclosed. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised you don't have a parrot. Like I'm not gonna lie, I'm surprised your kids don't have a parrot. Okay, so they have this massive macaw that's in our local pet shop and he's huge just one of those like exactly what you think of when you think of those big talking parrots or macaws right and he's probably I mean two feet tall he's big bird but he's he's red and blue and and he'll talk and everything but uh his price tag is very expensive (laughs) He is three thousand dollars, and I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, (laughs) I cannot afford that." (laughs) Isn't it funny though? Because if it was a dog or a horse, you'd be like, "That's not too bad." (laughs) Well, three thousand for a horse, yes. For a dog, mm -mm. yeah. I get shelter dogs. I'm like, no, they're like Mm. more than a (laughs) hundred (laughs) and fifty. I don't need a purebred. Granted, Apollo's a purebred, but I bought him from a lady to that she couldn't keep him anymore so he's kind of a rescue but not from a shelter so but yeah i i don't buy the expensive ones from breeders <laughs> i'm too cheap <laughs> yeah and i just like saving the mutts and the, mm-hmm. the going the to the shelter and... yeah well people don't adopt pit bulls and pit mixes they're the ones that end up getting put down so i'm always like i want that one <laughs> <laughs> i will save you I will save you. Um, when Eric and I first got married, we used to go to like the shelter almost every weekend. And then he's like, if you keep begging for every dog, every time we go, we're not going anymore. <laughs> like, okay. I'm tired of telling you no every time we come, honey. We can't save all the dogs. <laughs> no, exactly. He's like, you have no idea how hard it is for me to tell you no. So if you're going to ask me... <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We won't go to the shelter anymore. It's fine. 
but anyways yep yes we can get into the topic today it's funny because I'm like do we really have a topic I feel like we do like 10 different topics <laughs> but we try I to know. have an overlying topic <laughs> yeah <laughs> something to steer our wild brains back into <laughs> something yeah consistent funnel it somewhere some direction <laughs> yeah so making your health your lifestyle today I don't know. I've been thinking about this one a lot, just with the different conversations I've had with clients and potential clients this week, where, like, I get a lot of people who come and they're like, oh, yeah, you're like a weight loss person. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, I help you lose weight, but that is not my purpose. <laughs> you know, that is not my, like, that is not what I want to be known for. So I've been kind of thinking, like, how else can I say this? But it's hard because, you know, if... People are not going to come to me if they don't want to lose weight. Like, it, you know, I, I mean, I've got a few clients who are coming to me specifically just to build muscle. And those ones have been super fun for me because it's just, it's, it's a different perspective. And I get to deal with different things where they're excited when the scale goes up and they're excited when the measurements go up. I'm like, it's just such a nice reprieve from being like, it's okay that they didn't go down. Let's talk about this, you know? Um, but for the most part, like, that's how I'm getting clients. So it makes sense that, that that's kind of what people see. But I'm like, that is just, that's not my mission. You know, like, yeah, like, I'll help you lose weight. That's like a byproduct of what I do. But really, it's helping people create health and confidence for life. Like, that is, that is what I want. That's what I want to do. And I mean, like, confidence in themselves, confidence in their bodies, confidence in writing, confidence just an overall demeanor. So I've been thinking a lot about that lately, which is why I was thinking about this topic. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think you said it perfectly is losing weight is a byproduct of your program. Your program is eating healthy, taking care of your body the same way you would your horse's body, you know, doing all the good things for yourself that over the long term are going to make you stronger, make you fitter, make you thinner. Um, if you are a little bit overweight, if you're not, then you obviously you won't get thinner. You'll just build muscle and your the scale will go up. But yeah, it is. It's just the byproduct of what you do. It's not the main focus of what you do. So yeah. Yeah. No. And I feel like most people who actually do inquire and talk to me, like they, they get that. But there was just a couple of people who, who were like, oh yeah, you do the weight loss thing. And then just kind of kept on like, no <laughs> like that that's not what I want you to think that I do because <laughs> it's not just about that you know but yeah so I wanted to just talk about like how can you make your journey your lifestyle like Camry you are at your last week of coaching with me we're getting into that piece where it's like okay let, let's see if this is really truly gonna stick right <laughs> and be your lifestyle how are you feeling about things I feel really good. Um, it's definitely different going like the last four weeks from a fat loss phase back into eating more and a maintenance phase because in the past when I, because a couple, what, two, two other times I have like counted calories and dropped my calories really low to like 1200, 1250, lost the weight and then immediately jumped right back up to what I was eating before and then stopped tracking 
calories, stopped tracking, like pretty much just stopped doing what I was doing because it was like, oh, I'm where I'm at. My body will maintain. And so then I just didn't even worry about any kind of like reversing or anything like that. And, and that worked okay for me, mainly because I have such an active lifestyle. And so I'm able to burn off what I eat. Um, and, and then also because I was at such low calories, going back up to maintenance was like, this is so much. So I didn't feel like I needed to overeat at that point. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, let's be honest, how much weight were you losing when you would go down to really low calories? Um, it was seemed like it was about standard with what the app said. Um, so like a, a pound and a half a week, something like that. Well, but I mean, like, you were probably only losing about five pounds, right? Versus uh, the one time it was 20. about, what was it, 12? No, I lost like 15 pounds, I think, the one time. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I, yeah, <laughs> when I lived in Wyoming, I gained a bit of weight. <laughs> I was, I was just not a memories. good time for me, you guys. It was not a pleasant time. No, I uh-huh. kind of went through a bit of a depression there because we moved to a place where it was a town of 1,100 people. And the next closest town was a half an hour away. And it was an hour away to even go get groceries. I mean, like we were in the middle of nowhere and we lived in the windiest corridor in the nation. And so it was like going outside was next to impossible. And and then we only had one vehicle. So my husband would take that to work, which was a half an hour away every day. And I'm like, I have no friends. I have no nothing. So I got very depressed and ate way too much food. (laughs) It was like, food is my friend. Let me eat. (laughs) So that's kind of where I was there. But definitely like this time going into a reversal, it was a a different headspace for me to find um, as far as still continuing the work because the work is maintenance is work too. You know, and and I'm lucky that, like I said, because of my activity level, it's not difficult for me to maintain weight usually. Um, So like this time when I've gained weight, it's been over the course of like two years and it was only 12 pounds over the course of two years. So it's not like I jump up like 50, 60, 100, you know, 150 pounds. Um, So I, I didn't have a lot to lose, but I definitely just slowly got into worse and worse habits of, you know, different portion sizes or too many, too much sugar, you know, too much of the, um, of the stuff that's in high quantities, not good for you. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, this time it's just different of trying to keep in mind. It's not just, okay, I'm done. And then I'm done. It's more of a mindset of, okay, I'm done but this work is still going to continue. You know, I still have to work on making sure I prioritize my, my diet and my, not my diet, my food choices. What is is what I mean by that? I mean, yeah, my, yeah, but it's definitely (laughs) when people think diet, they think like losing weight and I'm like, no, not a diet to lose weight, but yeah, my diet, my food, my nutrition. Um, And I've even been like, it's been bleeding into my family too with that, which is, has been nice. So with my kids, I usually opt for the side of what's easy. So when I send them snacks to school, it's packaged stuff like fruit snacks and goldfish and and all the processed things. And over the last few weeks, I've been starting to say, okay, you need to pack one fruit or one vegetable as one of your snacks. And then your other thing can be 
a carbohydrate, you know, like your, your snack, your crackers, um, and things like that, or your little snack bars. Um, but I've been making sure I'm like, you kids, you need to get two fruits every day and two vegetables every day. You know, and that's what we're starting with because right now they get one of each. And so they get like one vegetable with dinner. Cause we always have a vegetable with dinner, but then they don't have a veggie the whole rest of the day. And then they'll usually have one fruit a day. So now I'm like, okay, let's get two fruits a day and two vegetables a day. So it's, it's nice that now I'm feeling like I'm able to also help my kids start at this age to hopefully learn to prioritize what they're eating and not just how easy it is. Um, but also like fruit is really easy. You know, you don't have to hardly do anything unless you need to peel something. But even then you, you kind of have to peel the wrapper off the things anyway. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, it's a whole different mindset going into it as a, a slow reversal and into um, still maintaining that work after. Because, yeah, in, in the past, I would have just been like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to track anymore. I'm just going to go back to eating what I want to eat. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really interesting, too, to hear how you were able to do that in the past. Because most people cannot do that. Like, that is why we do what Camry's saying, like a reversal. I call it, like, my metabolic rebuild phase. Like, we're rebuilding your metabolism. Because your metabolism naturally slows down when you eat less. That is why we hit a point where we have to lower calories even more, right? Like you weren't able to, to maintain your weight loss at just the first calorie set that we set. We had to lower it, lower it again because your metabolism adapts. That's the really cool thing about your body. And that's what keeps you alive when, when you're in a famine or something else is going on in your life. That's what, how your body keeps you alive is by slowing processes down. So it, so your body can function, even if you're not getting the fuel that you're getting. And most people, when they lose fat, if they do not do the work to rebuild their metabolism, they're going to regain the fat twice as quickly. And most of the time, it's not even going to be just regaining the fat. It's going to be regaining the fat and some on top of that because of where the metabolism is because their metabolism is in such a slow place that when they eat that much you know food so if they go from 1500 calories and they jump up to 2500 calories or whatever their body is going to store all that because it's like oh my gosh great we're getting all this food that we weren't getting before let's store this for the next time let's let's get it ready for for when whatever processes are happening and your body is primed at that point too to add on a few more fat cells where it normally doesn't so your body has normally a pretty fixed number of fat cells where when you're losing fat you're not really losing fat cells the fat cells are just shrinking they're just getting smaller but there is this time when you have been depleted for so long that if you really quickly eat a bunch of calories, your body can actually add some fats, fat cells at that point. And that's when it gets harder and harder and harder to lose weight when you are yo-yoing like that without doing the rebuilding phase. So yeah, it's really interesting to hear like how you were able to do that in the past. Cause like I said, most people would not be able to do that Camry. Like that is, <laughs> that is very unique. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I said, I do think a lot of it has to do with how active I was. Um, and still am. I, I burn a lot of calories in a day. <laughs> so there's not a lot for my body to hold on to, I think is what it is, is it just ends up going towards my 
energy usage. Um, and so it gets used instead of stored. So I think that's the main thing that kind of saved me <laughs> from gaining a lot back. But I will say this, like the one time after Wyoming, I got down to the lowest I've ever been. I was 112 pounds. And that is low for me. I mean, like that is really lean. And if you look back at my photos, which I sent them to you, I had like no muscle. I mean, I had very, very minimal muscle and I was very thin, but I did not maintain 112. I mean, within the first couple of weeks after going back out of the fat loss phase, I was back up to somewhere between 115 and 117 from what I remember. So I couldn't maintain that. That was way too low for me to maintain. And so I gained several back. And luckily, I was kind of underweight at the time. So when I gained some back, I was still very, very lean. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely was, yeah, different. <laughs> Gaining five pounds within a month, you know, so. Well, yeah. And I mean, like you said, it. I, I do want to take your the picture you sent me of when you were 112 and you're like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And then your picture now, I'm like, you look so much better now. <laughs> like you look awesome now just because you are ripped. Like you are so musculature, like in your athletic looking and you just look amazing. And Thank 112 you. would definitely not be where you need to be now, right? Like you would yeah. not be able to maintain that musculature that you've mm -hmm. built. And yeah. So well, and my like kind of we talked about in an episode, God, probably two months ago, um, how we were talking about how I felt very pear shaped, and I have very petite shoulders to the point where like certain things won't even fit me. Like certain styles of bras will not fit me because they the straps go into my armpits, um, you know. So my my shoulders and my rib cage are very very narrow, and then my hips are fairly wide in comparison. And so what has been nice is I am at that point where like my shoulders are like, you know, I've got all these delts and I've got all this stuff up here. So now I don't feel so like teeny tiny up there and so big at the bottom. I feel like I'm evening out a little bit more. So I don't feel like I'm so um, uh, disproportionate. There's the word. <laughs> um, and so, and that's really been nice. And even just, it was the funniest thing. I was working out with a friend and she has a big mirror in her, um, in her front room. And I'm used to like seeing that when I work out in the morning and I take videos of my form and things, I can see, you know, like the lines in my muscles and things, but I'm working out. So that seems normal to me, but we were just doing a, like, uh, what were we doing? Yoga or something like, like more stretching type stuff. And even just like at rest, when I looked over at the mirror, I was like, wow, like I, it even shows up when I'm not like pumping iron, you know, and I don't have like a big 30 pound weight in my hands. Like it's, I can still see it. And it was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I should probably not admit that. I'm like, I'm looking in the mirror. And <laughs> no, I think it's great because think about when you look at the mirror normally, you look at the mirror and you go, I hate this about myself. I'm pear shaped. I'm, a, I'm disproportionate. So I think switching into, oh my gosh, this is so cool is actually really healthy and a really good thing to do. And you should never apologize for appreciating your body. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm at a point where I'm like, yes, I can see muscles and I can see, see all the things. And mm -hmm. so. Well, and it's fun because I mean, we were having this discussion about your pear shape 
and you you feeling like that was just going to be for and for everything just like a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. just how quickly that's already changed it's this is what I love about strength training and muscle building right is you do get to shape your body in so many different ways but this is part of kind of the topic here. When you want to make your healthier lifestyle, adding muscle to your frame is extremely important. If you do not have muscle on your frame, it's going to be a lot harder for you to maintain a certain calorie level as well. So yeah, Cameron, you're a lot leaner than when you started, right? So your calories are naturally going to be lower than where you started as well, because you're in a smaller body. But because of the muscle that we've also built, your calories are able to go pretty close to the amount that they were at before before we started. So for instance, Cameron came to me, you were eating like 2,400 to 2,600 calories, I think, and maintaining. Um, so we were able to actually start your fat loss phase at like, what, 2,200 calories or something like that. Like something that was, it was really nice, right? That we didn't have to jump you down to 1,200 calories and you actually lost quite a bit of weight just on that. Um, yeah. But because we were also at the same time able to build muscle to your frame and add muscle to your frame, we were able to build up your metabolism as well. So muscle needs a lot of fuel to stay on your frame. If you were to get as lean as you were, like you you would probably be if like if we hadn't worked on the muscle building portion of it, you'd probably be closer down to like the 115 one 112 range again but you wouldn't have that musculature either and it would be a lot harder to build up your calories from that point and have you eating as much as you like to eat without having that muscle on your frame does that make sense yeah well and I think it just comes in with priorities too because to me it is a priority to have more muscle and to have more strength because you know I need to buck bales and I need to handle 1200 pound animals and do those kinds of things and so to me having that muscle is super important to me this time around and especially looking back at like I said those other times where I was like oh yeah I was really thin but then on further inspection it's like oh but I had like nothing going for me with my muscles you know they were just I was I was a stick I was very very thin but some people that is their goal you know they want to be extremely lean they don't want to have any bulk whatsoever And with that, like, I'm going to kind of just like debunk that a little bit right now too. You have to have muscle if you want to be healthy, period. Like going down to that bone thickness, if you do not have muscle to your frame, your bones are going to be extremely frail as you get older because, because it just is, (laughs) right? If you are not, strength training does not only add muscle to your frame, but it strengthens your bones. It strengthens your ligaments. It strengthens your tendons. There's a lot of reasons that strength training or resistance training is extremely important. And it's not just adding muscle, right? And bulking, like I hate that. Like you're not bulky, Camry, right? Like you are still very, very lean. You know, you are not coming in like a bodybuilder. You, you, you're not that size. And that is something I really like, it bugs the heck out of me when <laughs> I don't want to strength train because I don't want to get bulky. It's like, you're not going to get bulky. You know, the only way that you as a woman specifically can get bulky, like in our heads, when we think bulky, we're thinking like the bodybuilders, right? The only way you can do that is seriously taking some 
steroids and some hormonal things that are going to boost that because you do have a genetic component when you're building you're only going to your body's only going to be able to add as much muscle as as its genes are going to allow so me i have really good genes i am able to add quite a bit more muscle than a lot of people a lot quicker because of just the genes that i have but camry like you may not be able to add as like much more muscle than what you've got. Like, I think you'll be able to add quite a bit more, but it's going to take a long time, a lot longer than what it's taken this far, because when you first start a strength training or a resistance training, um, journey and it's programmed like we've been programmed and it's, and it started this way, your body's actually primed because you haven't done it before to really add it quickly, to add the muscle quickly. It's a really, really sweet phase to be in. But after that sweet phase, it actually gets a lot harder and it takes a lot longer to even see like half an inch of gain (laughs) in your muscle. It takes a very, very long time. So, and a very long time of being very consistent with progressing and with making sure your programming is correct. And it takes a lot of work, but you need muscle if you want longevity, if you want to be able to live longer, if you want to be able to be functional and actually ride forever and hike forever and be a moving body, if you do not have muscle, you cannot do that. Yeah. (laughs) No, I actually have a follow-up question with this because, so at the time when I had lost this weight, when I had lived in Wyoming, um, And I got down to that 112. I had been doing a program called Insanity, which you've probably heard of. It's on Beachbody. And a lot of people, it was very, very popular at the time um, with Shanti. (laughs) And it's a very intense workout. It is 45 minutes of like nonstop everything from, I mean, from what I remember, it's like burpees and jump squats and um just, I mean, everything you could think of, but there's no weights involved. It's all body weight, right? There's, there's no resistance bands. There's no loops. There's no weights. Um, and so, I mean, I was working my muscles a lot, you know, when you do that many squats and that many lunges and, and all those things. Um, so I guess how can you tell, because at the time I felt like I was very fit because if I can do that for 45 minutes, then, you know, I'm, I was feeling pretty fit, but it's only now looking back on it that I'm like, wow, I really like my muscle was not, not all that present, especially in comparison to where I am now. So how do you, as a a human wanting to make uh, healthy and fit lifestyle changes? I mean, I guess how much muscle is the muscle that you need? Cause like I said, at the time I felt like it it was great and I was doing good. And um, so, yeah, kind of give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, so with insanity and, and this is <laughs> this is where I I kind of don't love beach body, right? Because even their strength training workouts, they're still cardio. That's what beach body is. It's just cardio. Um so there might be some where you're able to add a little bit of muscle, maybe, but for the most part, you're working on endurance and muscular endurance. You're not working on actually adding muscle to your frame and progressing through those, which it's okay. Um, it's not like a bad thing. Insanity is great. And I think you need that balance, right? Like having a balance between cardiovascular and, and, uh, strength training is, is a good thing. What we are able to do, however, like with my program, the reason I don't often 
give people a like specific cardio workout is because I am able to give you the same um, benefits through how I program your strength training. Right. So there's actually most people will come and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the amount of endurance I still have because I didn't like I thought I'd lose it all because we're just strength training. But you actually get a lot of those same benefits with strength training. If you are truly pushing yourself to the limits, I want you to push yourself to. Right. And with that, you're able to also build muscle and still get get those benefits as well with the movement goals we set and the riding goals we set. Right. Um. So with with things like beach body or things like that, general rule of thumb, it's going to be cardio um, because of the way that they're doing their splits, like even their supersets, like in in a lot of their muscle building workout DVDs, most of their splits, they're jumping you so quickly and you're doing like, you know, you're you're going from bicep curls into lunges and you're doing them together. The thing with that is you're not actually to you're not going to be able to progress your or to progress the musculature group that you need with that. So um there's a gal that I follow who's a beach body coach and I was watching one of her programs one day and she was doing I'm trying to think what it was. It was like an overhead press with a squat or something in in their DVD. So arms come overhead with with dumbbells as she's squatting and and things. So the the issue with that is Camry, like how much stronger are your legs versus your arms or versus your shoulders? A lot. <laughs> a lot stronger. Right? Like a lot. So yeah. the problem with doing movements like that is her legs are getting no benefit. They're just getting tired right? They're not actually getting that musculature fatigue that they would need to get to actually put on muscle and to grow the muscle in, in that movement. The shoulders might be because, you know, you're able to overload your shoulders, but when you are, when you are putting two movements like that together, only one of the musculature groups are really going to get the benefit of the resistance where the other one is just moving a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I was talking with a friend the other day about your program and how much I have loved it and everything. And, and she's like, so like, what kind of workouts were you doing and everything? And, and I was like four days a week of weightlifting. I said, I did zero cardio, uh, one day a week with another friend, I would get together and we'd do something like a, a bar type workout or stretching or yoga. Um, but not anything that was like super high intensity cardio and, and my friend was just like, you didn't do any cardio, like none. I was like, nope. <laughs> she was like, and you lost all that weight doing just weightlifting? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> and it's so I think basic. it's, yeah. And it's, I think it surprises people that um, you can actually, I feel like you can lose weight quicker with weight training because of how much muscle you can put on that will help burn that fat and how it just works better with your metabolism and versus just cardio, cardio, cardio. Um, and then I feel like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here with this, but it seems like the more you do cardio, the more cardio you have to do to keep up with that. So then you have to do, you start with like 10 minutes and then you get up to 15 and then you get up to 20, but then you have to do like an hour long run to get the same amount of calorie burn. So it just takes so much more time in the long run in your day to progress that. 
So, which I mean, isn't yeah. a bad thing. If you want to run for an hour a day, that's awesome. That's great. I'm not, I'm well, not putting that down, but it's like, but then you have to run for two hours a day and then you have to run yeah. for three hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And cause, cause just like we talked about your, your metabolism adapts as with your calories, but your metabolism also adapts with your working with your workouts as well. That is why we do progressive overload in our weightlifting, right? So when I say progressive overload, we're increasing the resistance in some form, whether that's increasing reps or it's increasing weight every single week. So your body doesn't adapt, right? Now there there might be a time where you're okay having your body adapt a little bit more um, with the musculature that you have. But if you want to continue to build up your metabolism, and continue to like progress in strength and functionality, you've got to be able to progress from week to week to week. So that's the issue. Like when people come to me from Orange Theory or these like high cardio things that, oh my gosh, it worked great. I was able to lose so much weight. And then, and now it's like, I can't lose weight and I've actually gained the weight back. It's because your metabolism adapts to that. It's because your body adapts to that and it adapts to it so quickly you don't even realize like seriously it can adapt to it within just a couple of weeks because our bodies are that cool (laughs) you know our bodies are that amazing (laughs) and that's like Camry had to buy dumbbell sets you know and and actually increase the dumbbells that she had at home because she very 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 quickly you very very quickly got out of the strength you know of what you had available and you needed to you needed to add a little bit more yeah, now, I had up to 30s and now I've got up to 55. Yeah. <laughs> but with cardio, I mean, your body adapts to cardio, I feel like almost quicker than it does to strength training. Because with strength training, there's so much that we can do to adapt. Like, it's not like, okay, you're going to just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden you're going to be lifting a thousand pounds. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> but but like we can we can adapt the way that you are progressing even just by slowing down the movements right like it's just increasing time under tension we can progress it just by adding like a half rep to something we can progress it like in so many different ways that doesn't require you continuing to to just add weight on you know it's actually going to be it's going to be a little bit unsafe to just continually add weight on that's why i give you like i want you to hit a rep range first before you add weight you know because you need to prime the rest of your bodies and your joints for weight um for the for extra weight bearing but with cardio your body adapts to that just as quickly and if you are not consistently progressing in that cardio you're going to consistently maintain where you're at and you're going to hit that point where man you're just hungry now you're just hungry all the time but your body's adapted that that amount of cardio so you're not going to see the benefits that you saw at the very beginning before your body was adapted to it um and so I'm not against cardio like don't get me wrong if somebody needs cardio I will program them cardio um I've got three clients right now. I've got one client who's preparing for um, a race, um, a bike race. She's doing a hundred mile bike race. I've got a client who's doing her first 5k. I've got um, one who was, who set a goal for a snowshoeing expedition. Like if, if that is something you enjoy, that is something I will give you. But if it's not something that you want to spend extra time on, like Camry, I mean, you're working out a half an hour, 45 minutes, right? Like, do you really want to do that 
running or would you rather do that weightlifting, right? And for me, it's like, well, if this is the amount of time that you truly have, you're going to get 10 times more benefit if we if we focus on weightlifting. Plus, the amount of movement that you get each day riding your horses and, and running around doing the things that you do, you're getting enough movement for your body that it's really not necessary to add more to that. Yeah. I am all for classes and stuff like that too, because it does get you out. It gets you social. I just don't think that should be the only thing you do, especially if you want to be healthy forever and you want to really see results. That's probably not the direction I would go. But if you feel, you know, if you, if your friends go and that's a really good way that you get your social outlet, heavens go like have fun. (laughs) Um, But if you're shooting for results and you're shooting for longevity, doing more resistance training style with a good program where you can really focus on adding a little bit of muscle and strength to your frame is going to be best, especially for our audience, for horsewomen. I I really think every horsewoman should resistance train. You guys are handling such intense animals. If you go into that and you're handling this horse who's pulling back, who's doing something, and you have zero muscle on your frame, you are not going to be able to handle that situation. So I think just as a horsewoman in general, and this is why I'm so passionate about working with horsewomen, is you have to have this, right? You have to have that strength. You have to be able to have, but like not even just in muscle, you have to have the strength in your bones. You have to have the strength in your ligaments and your tendons and your joints. I mean, just think about me and my shoulders. I've dislocated both my shoulders, even, even with a good muscular base, I, the horses have dislocated my shoulders, you know? So it's just really important that you train your body to be able to combat things like that. And even though I dislocated my shoulders and had to have surgery because I had the base that I did with my strength training, seriously, just within like, I want to say six months, I was back to full work. I was able to do handstand push-ups, like all sorts of things where if I didn't have that base, I would not have been able to recover as quickly as I was able to recover from my surgeries either. So I just think as a horsewoman, honestly, you you need to do this. You need to you need to be okay with resistance training because when you are working your horse, you are putting your body in this huge boiling pot of massive resistance. Like think about the resistance a horse is going to put on you versus your dumbbell. Yeah. <laughs> it, There's no lot. comparison. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I feel like one of the things that I have also learned through you that I'm going to take moving forward is being able to have ways of tracking my progress besides just the scale um and that's a big thing for you and your program too that we've talked about before which is measurements and photos and um things like that and so even when I'm done with you I'm going to still take photos once a month and I'm still going to take my measurements once a month which is less often than I was doing with you but it's still enough for me to to check in on myself and see okay you know where am I at and, and I, that scale is just hard sometimes because even this week I jumped up a pound and a half one day and then the next day I was back down another pound. And like, so it just, it fluctuates so much that I think it can be hard, especially for women to, to see that number go up and to be like, ah, I need to stop eating bread for a week, you know, and, and really just be hard on yourself. But it's like, just with your period, 
your weight can just jump up, not in fat, like you didn't gain an ounce of fat, you probably even still lost weight if you're in a fat loss phase, but because of the bloat and the different things that happen with your body during your menstrual cycle, your weight goes up and and so I think it's just so good to, number one, keep in mind the natural changes that are good, but to be able to have ways to check in on yourself and still find wins in places that are not just the number that's on the scale in the morning. <laughs> no, 100%. And the way that I like to look at the scale is, is like, look at it like your heart rate. If it's not going up and down, you done died. Like you died because your body is going to process things like heck if I have popcorn one night I jump up almost two pounds the next night because of increased sodium and and different things so your body's going to retain the water to be able to manage and balance all those things out that's just life like if your body if your weight isn't fluctuating chances are there's probably something else going on I've never seen someone be able to stay at the exact same weight to the decimal point for more than like a few days, you know, maybe a week, but most of the time then it's like, okay, then something happens and they, they're going to fluctuate. You, your body has to fluctuate. Like your body's constantly moving and constantly changing and same with measurements. And actually Camry, I'm going to say this, if you're going to do measurements, I would say continue to do those once a week. Do not do those once a month because it fluctuates just as much as your scale that if you do them just once a month, like what if you accidentally pick the week before your period? We both know that your measurements go up the week before your period, right? Like that's just that's just part of a woman's body because your body is starting to retain a little bit more water and getting and getting you ready and prepped for what's to come. So with that, like pictures once a month, I think are totally fine, but uh, measurements that probably should be a week thing still if you're going to take them. Um, and if not a week, I would say at least every other week, just because they do fluctuate just as much as your, as your scale does. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. But another way too, even, even cause it is, it is harder when you don't have somebody else to look at them as well. Cause you and I both know too, looking at like the pictures at the beginning, you didn't see as much changes as I was like, oh my gosh, like, look at this and look at this and look at this. And you're like, oh, okay. So <laughs> sometimes it can be hard without an outside perspective. But one thing to just think about too, is when you look in the mirror, are you still like, just still practice self-love? Like, do not ever apologize for looking in the mirror and appreciating what you see and actually encourage that and encourage picking out like, wow, I love this muscle. Wow. I love this because when you come at it from a place of love, you're more likely to continue doing the things that you know you need to do to continue that love cycle. But if you start to go, oh my gosh, look at this, like I'm bloated or, or this is happening, it's going to be 10 times harder to continue doing what you know you need to do, especially without the support that you've had. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that that leads right into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, but it's finding neutrality in the scale and in measurements and in fluctuations. And like I said, if, if your body isn't fluctuating, your body's dead. Like that's the only time your body will not fluctuate in some form or another. It'll fluctuate in pictures. It'll fluctuate in measurements. And you know what, guys, change is not a bad thing. Change is a good thing. It is it is good. It it means so much. Like we, I feel like when it comes to this kind of a journey, we get stuck on, oh my gosh, I, my diet needs to be the last diet I ever be on. And it's like, well, what if it's not? 
Is it really that big of a deal? And what can you do surrounding that to make it healthy, right? Like, like with you, it's like, well, you know, this might not be the, the last fat loss phase you ever go on, but if you continue to resistance train, if you continue to do those steps that you have taken, the cool thing about it and the way that I like to look at it is it's like, well, I just get to uncover more muscle. Like I am really excited to see like how much muscle I build. Like I'm in the middle of my own fat loss phase right now. This is my third one in two years. And it's because I've, I've put on muscle. I want to see, you know, I'm like, Ooh, I'm really excited to see like what, what muscle I put on and, and what muscle I can see at a heavier weight because I am at a lot heavier weight than I thought I would be at this point. Cause in my head, I, w- I was stuck in that rut too of like, Oh, I just need to be this way all the time. And it's fine. But it's like, you know what? I actually, I've worked my butt off and I have put on a ton of muscle. And even though I'm at a heavier weight than where I thought I'd be, I'm still leaner at this weight than I ever have been at this weight. And that to me is more important than the weight. Now I'm not like, it is still hard for me too, guys. Like <laughs> it is still very hard for me too to see that number on the scale. But finding that neutrality and just reminding myself, like, you know what? Of course it's moving because I'm a I'm a live human being and it needs to move because my body needs to hold on to water sometimes. And my body needs to like it, it gets bigger because of inflammation. If you if you're really, really sore after a workout, I guarantee you your your weight will be up the next day right? If you really push hard because your body is doing its job, is doing its job. So reminding yourself that when the scale fluctuates, it's just your body doing its job. It does not mean you've put on fat. Like one pound in fluctuation is nothing. It is absolutely nothing. Like I know Camry's heard this a lot, but I give my clients about a three to five pound window (laughs) of where they can fluctuate, especially my women clients. Men don't tend to fluctuate quite as much, but my women clients, I'm like, if you are not like, if you, if you jump up five pounds, I'm not even going to be that concerned starting out of the gate. You know, we're going to watch it and I guarantee you it's going to come right back down. Cause most of the time, if you've jumped up five pounds, it's because you're either going to start your cycle here pretty quick or you're on your cycle or you had a party and you ate way too much of the of the cakes and the cookies and your body's just holding on to the water that it needs to to manage all of those it does not mean you've put on fat right so give yourself a bigger window if you jump up a pound it's literally nothing you know so i give i give i would say i have maybe five women clients where it's a true 5 pound window where we where we're playing around in the 5 pounds i feel like a lot more women is closer to the 3 pound window where you know if you're 161 morning 163 the next morning it's just your body's retaining a lot of water for some reason look back at what you did learn about your body what did you do and why is your body responding that way you're going to learn a lot right so find neutral neutrality in the scale is going to be really helpful and it's going to keep you from going up and down and and like you said cutting out all the bread for a week is going to be a lot healthier for you if you can find that neutrality and work through the the mind processes of of finding that neutrality. And the reason I talk a lot about that too is just cuz there's there's going to be no point Camry in which you're never going to not weigh yourself again. And that's why we work together on the scale, right? That is why I have that as part of my program because I have thought about throwing it out because it is such an issue for every single woman who comes to me. There's not one single woman who has 
a who has a good relationship with the scale. They all have horrible relationships with the scale. We're all working on the same mindset practices. But I know that even after they leave me, they're going to be weighing themselves. So even if I didn't have it as part of my program, it's like, well, then I'm just missing this big piece that we can work on to help them make this a lifelong change, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's a key point right there in this whole thing is it is lifelong. You need to find that balance. And, and sometimes you're going to lose that balance and you're going to lean a little more one way or you're going to lean a little more another way. Um, but I think if you're always just kind of trying to come back and find that balance again for the long term, the long term is key because I feel like a lot of women that I've talked to, they do a lot of those very quick result programs, right? And I think it can seem very scary to commit to a long game because it's like, but I, I don't just have to do it for like 10 weeks and be done. Like I have to commit to this thing for my entire life. Like that's that. It's a big commitment. It's very scary and it, it, it can feel intimidating, I think, to feel like, well, would I have to do it forever? Um, which when you're thinking of like switching your everything that you're doing completely and doing a whole 180, that's when it seems really intimidating because it's like, that's too much. I can't do that. It's too much. But like in your program, it's you change one thing at a time. And, you know, it's first you work on protein, then you work on more vegetables, then you work on more of this, then you work. And, and so you just build those habits in a way where they're a lot more sustainable and then they're not so intimidating. And then they just start to become your new norm. And then it's not such a scary, big, like, ah, commitment. It's like, okay, like I can do this. I got this. And it's actually, I feel better. And I, I you know, your stress and your sleep and your, it, it just affects everything. And it's, yeah, it's so much better than trying to do those really short things. But I think it's so much easier for people to commit to those. Cause they're like, I can do, I can, I can do a month. I can do it for a month or I can do it for 10 days or I can do it for, you know, that very short time period, but then I can go back to what I'm doing and I and then I can just maintain. <laughs> um, but it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> well, and let's be honest. Do you ever actually maintain that? You know, when you do that, <laughs> everyone who comes to me and says that it's like, yeah, okay, but how many times have you done that? Well, about 20 times a year. Yeah. So wouldn't it just be easier to just make a little, like a little tweak and just make that the thing, right? Yeah. Because yeah, you can go on this 10 week cleanse, but at the end of it, you're going to feel miserable you it's not going to be anything like what you're doing so it's going to be really 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 tough 10 weeks for one it's not going to be anything like what you normally do and it's going to be a lot harder like it's you know you can't do that forever and that's you know what I'm always preaching it's like find something that you can do forever and that's why with my program it's all tailored like Camry your diet looks 10 times different than than my client Courtney right like 10 times different you guys are not the same person you have different needs, you have different lifestyles, right? And you need to find something that works for you. And that's why for me, I, I really try to do that with my clients and work through them. Like if I were to come to you, I know <laughs> when, when we first started, you're like, she's going to tell me I've got to get rid of all the coffee and she's going to cut all my fat down. And, and so like, I've got to just like savor this. And it's like, no, you can have that. I don't care. You know, like, why would I cut that out? Just make it work. Right. And, and 
that is what's going to make this more of a lifestyle change is because you've been able to make the things that you love work while also making those minuscule changes to actually feel better and to perform better and to function better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm feeling like I can do it. I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm not like, oh crap, it's over. Now what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where do I go next? Oh no. (laughs) What do I do? (laughs) Well, and that speaks to just the amount of time that you've put into it as well, where you came in and you were like, okay, I know. I'm going to go through the rebuild phase. I'm going to, I'm going to practice a little bit of maintenance before I leave. And I feel like if you had quit right at the end of the fat loss phase, I think you would be going a little bit more unsure of, oh my gosh, Kate, can I do this? Cause, cause I mean, maintenance is hard. You you've already felt that it's not yeah. the easiest thing, but to be able to fill that with the help and support on the back end and with, with the the overlook that we can have as a partnership for coach to client mm-hmm. it's it's 10 times easier to be able to be like oh because guys maintenance sucks <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's not fun but if you can find if you can find something in the maintenance so when i say maintenance that means like we're just maintaining your calories we're not you know we're not going to fluctuate your calories but that doesn't mean there's there's not change or there shouldn't be change. You know, like Camry, we've been focusing on increasing chin-ups and, and push-ups. Like we've been focusing on more more strength-based goals versus scale-based goals or measurement-based goals. Because now, you know, yeah, it's going to fluctuate. Like you're going to notice your, your, your weight's probably going to go up a few pounds. Like, let's be honest, when you're done, it is. Like, just be prepared for that. It is going to go yeah. up a few pounds. It's just how are you going to react to those few pounds? That's what's, yeah. that's what matters. Um, well, and with the performance goals, that's been really fun the last month because how many push ups did I start doing? What, like on my toes? Two? I could do yeah, like two, two push ups <laughs> <laughs> on my toes, like just regular push ups on my toes, and I could do two. And last week I got eight decline push ups. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I yeah. can tell you what, guys, decline push ups. I was like, oh. <laughs> This, like this is hard <laughs> uh-huh. so decline uh, push-ups your feet are up like on your couch and then you're having to push down and it adds a ton of resistance to your push-ups yep yeah and the first week of the decline push-ups my body was like I was trying to figure out like where to put my arms and all these things and I'm like these suck like, I hate you Michaela <laughs> not really but sort of I was like I hate push-ups <laughs> Push-ups have never been my favorite. I've always hated push-ups. And I think part of it is because I do have such narrow shoulders that they've always been one of the hardest things for me because I have a very petite upper body. And so I've just never felt strong in them. I've never felt great at them. And it's just been very empowering to be like, yeah, (laughs) beast mode. (laughs) I got eight decline (laughs) push-ups. Seriously, though, and that's that's a big deal. Eight decline pushups because the previous week you were you were running at like two, and I was like, "What? You know what is?" <laughs> I think that this? was more of a form issue, and I was sick that day, so it could be like a little bit of swag. Okay, oh, just just a little bit. But she's over here. That's all I could do. These are so hard. And then the next week, pumps out eight in one go. <laughs> I'm like, uh huh, eight, six, and six. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and even that too. So kind of the next, the next area I want to hit really quick and then we can kind of be done. But 
is is the language you're talking to yourself like just now you're like but i have petite shoulders it's like but we just got done talking about how much your shoulders have grown yeah i have petite shoulders think about how you're talking to yourself too because it's like no girl you're built like we just we just talked about how built you are and how much you're you're noticing that and how strong you have gotten but it is hard to change that so catch yourself when you're when you're falling back into those old mindsets or those old self self talks of this is where I'm at because if you continue to talk to yourself like that Camry it's going to be a lot harder for you to continue to build because you're going to come at whatever push-up like let's say you come out that push-up that's going to be the first thing I I really feel like even though that first week was hard I feel like it was more that self-speak that that self label that you had on you were oh but I don't do push-ups because I'm so petite and in my upper body right like that has a lot more to do your self-belief has a lot more to do with how you can perform than almost anything because if you believe you can do it girl you can do it like yeah and especially now like you have that foundation we have built that foundation for you you can tackle anything at this point it's now just going to lean into that self-belief system and changing that self-belief system like this this is when like the clients who stick with me for a year this is what we work on at this point is diving into that self-belief while we're maintaining while we're focusing on performance goals because it's so different you know no nobody does that you know because like you said you get into this six-week program or this eight-week program you quickly lose the weight and then you just go back to normal without ever changing anything. And the reason you have to continue to go back to the eight-week programs, the 10-week programs, is because you you don't work on the mindset behind that either, you know? And you don't do the systematic rebuild of your metabolism, but you don't rebuild your mindset and rebuild your self-belief system. So this is when, like, you going forward, it's you're going to have to really think about that and be mindful about that is, how did I just talk to myself and like just then like you probably didn't even notice right but it's like mm, girl like are you really there you know and so being <laughs> able to catch that and be like wait what did I just what did I just call myself here <laughs> well and I think part of it too is like to me in my mind nothing's going to be able to change my skeleton my bones are still set where they're set so yes I am always going to be narrow there as far as like how wide, like how wide my skeleton is, but yes, I'm petite up there, but I'm also built. So I think there's a little bit of truth to both, but definitely like the, the thought behind it was definitely a lot more of like, like you said, that, that self-image that I've carried through most of my life of, you know, I'm pear-shaped, I'm small up here and I'm wide in my hips. And, and uh, so, yeah, it definitely is a good, good way to challenge myself of like, how am I talking to myself today? <laughs> And just challenge myself to find, you know, pick one or three things each day that I see in myself, positive things I see in myself with my body. You know, I think that could be a very powerful way to coach yourself through it is to be able to make yourself pick a couple of new things each day. Not the same thing, but new things. And we kind of talked about that in a different episode, right? Of like make it be something different, not something the same, but, you know, really look hard and, and try and see something in yourself that you value and that you appreciate. And so, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm laughing too because I'm like, you are not as narrow up top as you were when you started. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yep. yes, you are right. Like your skeleton is your skeleton, but the muscle you put on it is going to change things, you know? And like, yeah, like even just you sitting there right now, like your shoulders are like, like you've got a nice little round curve there going into your bicep. Like you look good. And I'm so excited for tank top weather. You have no idea, Michaela. (laughs) I'm I'm excited too. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But yes, like that is one of the biggest tools I, I try to get my clients to do is, you know, I don't, I, when I say journaling, like that's more of what I'm talking about, like a gratitude journal and it gratitude about your body journal is a big one for most women because we spend our whole lives. Like, think about it, like the 30 years of your life, how much of that was actually spent actually loving your body and actually appreciating your body and how much of it was spent degrading your body and picking at your body and telling your body that it can't do something or that it should be able to do something and it's not doing it good enough. Right. That's a lot of years to then you have to unpack, you have to work on, you have to, you have to really switch that if you want lasting life change. Yeah. That's been a good talk. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. I'm glad we switched it. <laughs> I was I was not filling the topic yesterday. I was like, I didn't even know where to go with this. <laughs> so this topic was much better. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a good one. Yeah. Especially well, for where I'm at with like almost being done. I'm like, oh, yeah. yay. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like bittersweet, but it's it's going to be good because... You are you are one person that I'm I feel pretty confident in going forward. And two, I mean, you and I are friends. It's not like you're not gonna talk to me. So. <laughs> it's fine. I, I can I can just coach you on some of the podcasts. It's fine. I know. <laughs> Live coaching session, ready, go. No, seriously. <laughs> but I mean, you've done such a good job as far as just the processes going forward. You have put in a lot of work. And not only that, but you've been able to really see the differences and the changes that you have made. And that alone makes the big difference. It's like this last week, you know, yeah, protein was a lot lower than it's ever been since you started with me, but you noticed a difference, you know, and just noticing that and being able to be mindful and having those triggers set up where you're like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. That's going to be what helps that change as well going forward. And it's just allowing yourself to be mindful, even in the, even in the crappy moments and just realizing, okay, I know what I need to do and I need to do the thing, right? Cause it's just, you just need to continue forward doing what works and doing what makes you feel good and keep moving forward. Yeah. Even when there's setbacks, because there always are, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are always, always are going to be setbacks and that's just part of it. That's how we learn. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And guys, like I do this for a living. I coach people for a living. I have so many setbacks too, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> that is one thing I really try to be very open with my clients. It's like, yeah, dude, I did the same thing this week. Sucks. Huh? <laughs> you know, okay, let's move forward. <laughs> you know, how, how are you, how are you going to work through this? Cause sometimes I feel like coaches can get to that point where it's like, you feel like they're perfect and they never mess up. But it's like, damn, this is hard. Like it is hard. Yeah. It is. And, but it's worth it, you know, and nothing that is easy is really worth it. To be honest, if you don't have to work at it, like you, you then you don't, 
right? And so looking at this is like, yes, even though I do share some of my struggles and you share some of your struggles, in the end, it is 100% worth it. And it is worth the time. It is worth the investment. It is it is worth doing because of what you gain from it and what you can have from it forever. <laughs> Again, this is, this is lifelong, a lifelong yeah. journey that you can have. And why not spend it feeling good about yourself? Why not spend it bettering yourself? Why not spend it getting stronger and feeling powerful and being functional, you know? Yeah. And being able to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> well, and I seriously, because again, our audience is horsewomen, but I feel like my audience is horsewomen. I am so passionate about horsewomen <laughs> in particular, or horse girls, or however you label yourself. If you like horses and you're a woman, you are my person. <laughs> um, but there is so much power in being functional and strong. You know, it's like, Camry, you are going to be able to do 10 times more now because of your self-belief and because of the muscle that we have built as well. Like, because we have built that base of functionality and we have worked on that self-belief, you're going to be able to go out and do things that you normally would ask Larry to do. You know, that's, yeah. that's what's cool to me is, is like move when... the couch by myself. <laughs> exactly. No, seriously though. Like me and the kids moved the couch the other day. I love I it. Like we got it. <laughs> They're six and eight years old. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> You're like, but you know what? What's cool about that? What are you teaching Thea? Yep. You know, little miss 37 pounds, <laughs> but you know what? Or do you want her to go around with that self-belief? Of yeah. I'm too small to do anything. Like, yes, she's small, but that doesn't mean she can't be capable. Like, oh, and she will let you know she is so independent. It is unreal. Like, she wants to do everything herself and she can do everything herself. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, you're a little yep. powerhouse from this 37 pounds. <laughs> yep. Well, and I would, I would say too, like, make that, like, don't even focus on her weight. Like, cause when you say, oh, miss 37 pounds, it's like, what are you telling her? Like, oh. I'm tiny. I'm tiny. So if she ever gets to a point where she's not tiny, well, her identity is tiny, right? So then where's her identity? Or if she ever gets to a point where she wants to do something, but then she kind of falls back onto that, but I'm tiny. Yeah. You know? So if you're, if you think about talking to the women in your life, change that, like change the, so you're changing the way that you're talking to yourself, catching those things, but then think about the way you're talking to the women in your life, whether that's your daughters, whether it's your granddaughters, your friend, your, your mother, how are you talking to them? And what belief system are you validating when you're talking to them? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'm labeling my daughter the way I got labeled. Yeah. Tiny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and like, is it a horrible thing? No, but look at how that label has affected you. Yeah. You know, and, and where has that made it harder for you to push yourself in places that you should have pushed yourself or that you could have pushed yourself. Right. So just switching that around and going, oh my gosh, just, just focus on the powerhouse that she is. Like you said, like yeah. <laughs> she is a flipping powerhouse like, and she is functional and she is confident. And like, man, what, what if we just focused on that? Like, yeah. you know, think about it. Like if, if that, if that had been your focus and no one had ever mentioned how small you were, 
where would you be? You know, like seriously. <laughs> well, and she's wrestling little boys too, and little girls, mm-hmm. and she's gotten two first place medals. <laughs> she's See? like nobody, nobody's gonna beat me. <laughs> <laughs> See, yes, awesome. I love it. Well, and for me, like if no one had ever had ever fed into my self belief of I'm too big. Oh my gosh, I'd be, I'd be like, I don't even know, you know, but I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't still be battling at 27 years old. I wouldn't still be battling that belief system if somebody hadn't fed that into me. And that's what makes this society so hard too. And I know we're kind of like, we're kind of going longer. I thought we'd stop by now, but, (laughs) but it, it is what makes a society so hard, especially for women is it is so much about our size and our looks. And no matter how good you are of a parent, because my parents never, ever, ever talked about my body, never, ever talked about my size, but people in the community did. Grandparents did, you know, other people did. And it just took one comment for that to change the my belief system in myself. So that's why I'm like, really think about how you were talking about the women in your life, whether that be somebody who's close to you or just somebody who walks into your home or somebody you meet, really think about what you're saying because it just takes once for that comment to change the way that they believe about themselves or to validate the way that they already kind of think. Mm. you know because it you have to start from somewhere if I didn't already wonder if I was too big that one comment from from a family member who like seriously okay I this is kind of a changing point in my life seven years old trying on um my mom had bought me a bunch of jeans and we needed to to hem them and, and things so we went to my great grandma's house and I'm putting them on and my great grandma's just sitting there picking at me going well gee you're a lot bigger than all my other grand girls if you would just lose some weight like we wouldn't even have to adjust these pants I'm seven years old and I still remember that like it was yesterday wow you know and that completely validated what I had already wondered and because that validated what I had already wondered then going in and growing up from seven all of the negative comments that I ever got about my body continued to validate that belief, continued to build up on that belief. And now I'm here 27 years old, still battling that and still trying to change that self-belief system and really try to change that self-belief system. And it's a lot of work. It's really hard because that's 20 years I'm trying to, I'm trying to undo, right. Yeah. Of, of believing 100% that I'm too big. that I'm not valuable because of how big I am. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it on the other end too is like, yes, I think we should pay attention to how we speak to other women, but I think on our side of it, we can't always control the way other people speak to us, right? There are going to be people that say things, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you know, that they weren't probably trying to say anything that made you feel a certain way or, you know, like me with Thea, I wasn't trying to say something that would like put her down or put a negative label on her at all. And so, but I think 
you know, people are human. They're going to say things that they don't realize meant more to you than it did to them, things like that. So I think on our side of it, if we can just ask ourselves, well, is it true? You know, is that really true or is it just their perspective through their lens? You know, what's what's my perspective through my lens? Um, and then maybe those comments can just bounce off a little bit more as you practice asking yourself that and making sure that you're not uh, allowing the world, the perspective of other people, the society's perspectives to to shape your your belief in yourself or are you shaping your own belief system in yourself? So, yes, 100 percent. Like that's where the self-work comes in that we, we've been talking about is questioning questioning those thoughts learn to question everything you think seriously if you just ask yourself why or is it true every time something comes into your head you're going to learn a lot about yourself in one day <laughs> like seriously you really are just by practicing that like man i want this cookie why do i want this cookie hmm well because i'm kind of sad and i'm mad at my husband that's why i want this cookie you know like <laughs> like oh okay so maybe i should just go talk to my husband right and like <laughs> maybe the cookie is not the answer <laughs> yeah exactly or, or maybe sometimes it is and that's fine too <laughs> yeah no and exactly but just learning to question yourself because we we often fall into the traps and this is something i work on with every single one of my clients cuz i have yet to have a client who isn't an emotional eater <laughs> um in in some way or form but just when you're in those emotions Ah oh, man, I really, I really want this donut. Okay, why do you want the donut? Well, because I'm really stressed out because, because my horse just bucked me off and and made me mad, and now I'm stressed out and I I want that comfort. It's like, well, is the donut really gonna provide you comfort? Well, not really. It's just you know, it's just yummy, you know. And so it's like, okay, go do the things that are gonna provide you comfort, right? Just asking yourself why. Oh my goodness, like you are gonna find out so much about yourself. So continue to ask yourself questions and build yourself up. And, and yeah, you can only control you, right? You can only control the way that you talk to people and the way that you talk to yourself. And yeah, there's going to be really like people and some people are there to tear you down. I'm not going to lie. Some people are out there to tear you down because they have their own insecurities. And if they tear you down, they're going to feel a little bit better about themselves. But then there is also going to be those people who just speak without thinking you know, we all do. We all speak without thinking sometimes. And like Camry said, you need to, you need to be able to be in that practice of asking yourself questions, asking yourself, is it true? What does that mean to me? If it's true, do I want it to be true? What am I going to do about it? If it's true, right? Like you can control all of that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I think this is going to be like know how to wrap up. I know. It's like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, dun, dun, dun. Mic drop. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.